Hello, welcome to Angels Anonymous, the podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa. Angels Anonymous is a health and spirituality podcast hosted by myself, 25-year-old ex-professional dancer, now yoga instructor, and integrative health coach in recovery. And I share vulnerably about my struggles with addiction to pretty much anything and everything, including body image, food, relationships, comparison, and so much more. Through an open-minded open-minded perspective, I explain how you can overcome your struggles and finally feel like you're enough. Today's episode is about love languages and how we can teach people to love us better slash how we can learn to love people better. Before I dive into that, I want to get started with the angel number right off the bat. A number that I saw that stuck out to me this week was angel number 676. So like I said, sometimes angel numbers can be three repeating numbers, 555-333, or it can be, uh, you know, every other number, 676, or even four numbers in a row. So I saw this one, and whatever I was thinking, it, I don't know, I felt like I needed to look it up. And I think I saw it when I was driving on license plates or when I see things the most, but it's also like store prices, things I'm buying or street signs, house addresses, whatever. Once you focus on angel numbers, they'll just be everywhere. Anyways, angel number 676 brings a message of reassurance that all you need, including love, support, positive energy, and guidance will be readily supplied by the angels and the universe as you serve your soul mission. Continue on your current path safe in the knowledge that all is well and you are doing a fantastic job on all levels. Use positive affirmations and visualizations to manifest and maintain a steady supply of abundance in your life and allow your spiritual gifts to expand through meditation and prayer. New psychic and spiritual experiences are changing the way that you view yourself and the world around you, and you are encouraged to study and learn about a topic or topics of interest as this will help you with your personal growth, development, and life purpose. Angel number 676 suggests that your thoughts, actions, and work on both the material and spiritual planes are to be commended as you have successfully balanced your thoughts and activities and are taking care of your mind, body, and spirit. Your angels want you to know that you are on your divine right path and you are encouraged to confidently walk your path as guided. Trust that everything you need comes in the perfect time. I love that message also because the uh, background of my phone is trust the timing of your life. Um, And one of the things that I thought of when it said something that really stuck out to me was you're encouraged to study and learn about topic or topics of interest as this will help with your personal growth development and life purpose. The first thing that came to mind for me was astrology. Jeez, why am I stuttering so much? Astrology and human design. Those are two things that I've put on the back burner that I want to learn about so bad and I feel like could help my journey of my own understanding of myself that's first and foremost, then understanding people better, my relationships, and then also my clients too as a health coach. I think that could really expand the way that I help people. So um, that's what I took from that number. I really needed to see that, especially because I am on week one of being fun employed and um, I'm just taking it slow and easy and breathing into where I feel called to take action next. Um, But before I talk about all that, let's ground. Get as still as you can, whether you're driving or doing something else, another house chore. Take a moment to just pause. 
Let's breathe together. Inhale through your nose. Fill up your belly. Expand. Open mouth. Exhale. Make some noise. Again, breathe in. Breathe out. One more. Inhale. Exhale. Just soak up that pause for a moment. Hmm. Good morning, good day, good evening, whatever time it is that you're listening to this. Um, it is morning where I am. I just did yoga on the rocks this morning at Red Rocks. It was amazing. What a beautiful way to start my day. I am also picking up a shift at the coffee shop that I used to work at tomorrow um, just to make any dollar that I can in the meantime. Like I said, I think I said in the last podcast that I get a month of severance, which is a huge breath of fresh air, but it's also still kind of crunch time. So I get to be creative in how I make money. I've been thinking about either like (laughs) working at the coffee shop. I also am going to apply to a serving job and that will hopefully be like my main mode of income in addition to starting my own health coaching LLC. I already have a couple people that are like, I want to be your client. So that's really exciting and I can't wait to expand my services and like actually provide you all with something now and give you an option to work with me instead of just like doing stuff for free obviously that's great and I love what I do but I feel like I can help you more when I'm able to like provide my health coaching services now that I don't have to compete or I don't have a non-compete with my other companies so I think all of this the whole losing my job and everything is a huge blessing in disguise calling me to um push for more for myself and and open myself to attract bigger things into my life. So in the meantime, um, so that I don't put a ton of pressure on starting my business and all the LLC stuff like really quickly and creating my program and making money like right here, right now, I'm gonna um, probably start serving. I could also like do lift driving or <laughs> I don't know, like get groceries for people. I don't really know. Um, I also remember or my roommate reminded me actually that a company had messaged me on Instagram and asked me if I was available for like a part-time gig. So I'm going to reach back out to them and see if they still have availability for that. But yeah, I'm just, I'm open to everything attached to nothing. That's the name of the game for me right now. Um, But I really hope to over this next year grow my own health coaching LLC so that that's my full-time income and I'm Um, investing all of my time in my own business and helping all of you. I think this next chapter of life is going to be a grind. And my friend reminded me the other day, she was like, you're already grinding, like you're already doing all the things. And while I agree, the grind to me is making money doing something that doesn't feel like it's fulfilling my sole purpose. Does that make sense? So yeah, I could potentially make more money serving in tips and everything like that. But I loved my last job as a health coach. So I'm going to take action so that I can have both without the pressure of financially struggling as I first start out my business. But yeah, so I think why it's a grind to me is because things that don't really fill my cup, like obviously human connection and serving people and um, the social aspect of being a server is really fun, but like it's not 
tied to my mission of like addiction and recovery and healing and health coaching and all that stuff. So I'm going to find a way to do both. Let's dive into the topic of love languages and how we can teach people to love us better. So as I mentioned in the last episode, I've been talking to a guy that I met in the Ozarks who lives in Denver for the last couple weeks. And when I say couple weeks, like it's legit been two weeks since I met him basically, which is wild to me. It feels like a month. Um, We've both been super open. I can feel that he has a really open heart and he is very genuine. And I feel like genuine is a hard quality to describe, but you can just feel it from people. He doesn't have like an alter motive or maybe he does, but it just doesn't feel like that. You know, I think we all struggle with ego tendencies from time to time, but he just feels like a very pure human. And we've had a lot of amazing conversations that I would have never had the confidence or courage to speak up about in the past, which would have resulted in anxiety or all these secret little pent up resentments over time had I not brought these things up. But I feel like I've learned from this experience and just like from my time, honestly, from my time being single and by choosing to be single, I've learned how I want to treat myself and through being open with myself and with the women in my life and my healers and therapists and all the things, I've learned to enter that same, enter the dynamic of an intimate relationship with that same perspective and energy and confidence. Um, One of the things that's working really well is our open communication. And before I dive into the love languages, I just want to say that I think communication is the universal love language. I think If we don't communicate, if we don't feel safe enough or secure enough in ourselves to speak what's on our mind, like there is some serious work to be done internally. I notice when my ego wants to prevent me from saying things or whatever it is. I just like to call it my ego. It could really be harmful to my well-being, my sense of homeostasis and balance if I don't speak these things up. And I've noticed in past relationships, specifically with the guys that are very emotionally unavailable, super physically hot and attractive to me, but emotionally it's gamey, it's roller coastery. I try to be more digestible to them. I change the way that I act and I look and I speak to make them feel more comfortable. And I'm I have found myself afraid to speak my truth and my needs because I don't want to push them away or scare them into thinking that I need too much or I'm too whatever, high maintenance. And so this time, I think it's a combination of the work that I've done, but it's also just like so exciting and rewarding to have attracted someone like this guy into my life because it genuinely feels like an accurate mirror of who I am and where I'm at at this stage in my life instead of attracting a negative pattern once again. And I'm like, what the fuck am I meant to learn from this? Didn't I learn it the last time? Like another emotionally unavailable, unavailable, toxic, like narcissistic dude. Come on. Like I don't need that anymore. But You know, we attract the lessons that we're meant to learn. And if that does happen to you, if you're in a place where you've done a lot of healing and that's happened to you recently or the last guy that you were with ended up being a shit show, it has nothing to do with your worth or the lack of work that you've done on yourself. The universe has its own divine plan and the things that we need to learn and just take it for what it is. I think one thing that's really important to remember too is like to not take anything personally. There's a really good book 
excuse me, called the four agreements. And it, one of the four agreements is to not take anything personally. That book is really good by, I think it's like Don Miguel Ruiz or something. Um, but check that book out if you want to have like a spiritual awakening and a lot of self-growth. Anyways, that was a random rant. But a lot of stuff has been brought to the surface already. Only talking to this guy for a couple weeks. What I've noticed in myself is a lot of jealousy, insecurity, little things that bother me over text, um, some things that have come up with sexual intimacy. So I want to dive into some specific examples about each of those. Jealousy came up for me a couple different times and I spoke to him about it. One of the times when we were in the Ozarks, he had complimented my roommate and said that her body looked really good in the bathing suit that she was wearing or whatever. And I didn't hear him say that, but she had told me that later, like while he was around us too. And I got like weird, snippy, salty, sassy, um, a version of myself that I haven't seen in a while. And I was like, wow. I didn't necessarily see it for what it was right away, but he felt really bad and apologized for it. And then I was like, hold on a second. This has nothing to do with you and everything to do with me. You should be able to, if you want to, give someone else a compliment and acknowledge or admire them for whether, you know, he thinks that they look good because they're working out or I don't fucking know. Personally, I think body compliments are a risky territory because you don't know if this girl could be starving herself you don't know if she could have a really distorted body image so telling someone you know that their light is really radiant today or they look super confident or their skin is glowing I don't know something more along the lines of like qualities versus what someone looks like I think is a safer place to tread regardless sometimes it's nice to hear that you have a nice body too so he told her that and she was like Vanessa it was not sexual or like creepy or negative intentioned at all it was genuinely just like an appreciative loving compliment the way that you would get one from a friend and I'm like you know what you're so right I it just brought up things from my past and all the jealousy that I went through with my the OG ex for so long and all of the jealousy that he brought into our relationship and then I ended up reflecting back it was just so toxic and so I noticed these things coming up and I'm able to acknowledge them and be like okay I see that it's from the past it has nothing to do with now I I see you I hear you I'm safe I love you like all the things to my inner self it's okay I'm not judging myself for being excuse me that way but in the future I'm gonna notice that and maybe not act on it as reactively so that was one thing that I noticed and he even brought it up again later which just goes to show the type of human he is the fact that he doesn't brush things other under the rug and like dismiss me for the way that I feel he really like acknowledged it and I'm like no seriously I talk about guys being hot too I acknowledge their bodies and whatever so And if I told a guy that he looks good, like, I wouldn't want you to be jealous about that. So this is just an area of awareness for me and growth for me. And you just keep doing what you're doing. Like, if you want to give someone a compliment, I that that shouldn't take away from my beauty or my confidence or my security within myself. The next one, insecurity. I think there's been a few things and this kind of ties with jealousy. I think those two are are pretty related, but I had brought up to him that I don't want to enter this with any sort of 
bullshit around social media, around phone stuff. I said, I'm choosing to go into whatever this is, friendship, relationship, talking with complete trust and blind faith in you and I know that the universe will tell me if something's up the universe has my fucking back it will always come to the forefront whether someone else finds out and tells me whether a text comes up something pops up on their phone that I didn't mean to see things come through and the universe always exposes the truth to me at least, so I don't have to go looking for it. I don't need to control the situation or make sure that they're being loyal. I think we promote loyalty and security and trust and love in a relationship when we choose trust. It's not that getting proof causes or creates more trust. It's starts with the trust and that creates more openness and security and communication and honestly when we're trusting of someone it makes them want to be loyal even more when we're not trusting someone we'll create a self-fulfilling prophecy of you know if we're worried about them cheating on us eventually they're probably going to because they feel that controlling gripping energy but I had seen a girl's name pop up on his phone and I had just brought up like I never want to have drama with social media if I see a girl in your search bar if I see hot girls on your Instagram if I see you liking girls photos if I see a girl's name pop up on text over on your phone if you hang out with a girl one-on-one I'm gonna choose to believe that like there are no malintentions involved that it is purely from like a friendly amicable place and if you start to have your eyes wandering towards someone else if you start talking to someone else if you feel like your feelings even if there's no one else involved if you feel like your feelings are fading for me or this just like isn't working out I need you to communicate that with me I'll be able my intuition can sense things pretty um, immediately and pretty strongly so I usually can tell and I think other people can read my emotions fairly easily too but I just said you know I will stick to my words too as, or stick to my um, standards and if I'm talking to someone else or if my eyes are starting to wander or if I do something that I feel like isn't super loyal, I'll be open to you about it and I'm willing to like risk the status of whatever it is that we are, whatever it is that we're doing. I would rather be honest than like live in secrecy and do sketchy shit to save or preserve our relationship. And so I just said, I never want to control you. If I if you see a guy's name pop up on my phone, I don't want there to be like this weird energy where I feel like I have to explain myself. Like the, I was texting this one guy and he owns a yoga studio that I might start teaching at. And it's just like any guy's name that pops up on my phone or any girl's name that pops up on his, it's our natural reaction from our past relationships to like feel all weird about it. Or I told him I was going to hang out with my the guy that used to be my roommate and I could tell he felt a little on edge until I mentioned his girlfriend and then it's like oh I can breathe but I'm the same way you know so going into a relationship setting that standard of like there is going to be complete trust open communication and honesty if I start to feel differently and this is no longer like a monogamous type of a vibe then 
both of us need to communicate that. And so that just squashed jealousy and insecurity from the get-go. Of course, things are still going to come up. And he even said, I think it's healthy that we can talk about jealousy and bring up when we do feel jealous so that our minds don't start wandering and creating this narrative. It'll help us rein it in and see the truth for what it is. And sometimes we need our partner or that person that we're in some sort of intimate interaction relationship with to validate that and to help us see our thoughts for what they are. And some other little things that have happened over text, it's like not saying good morning or not saying good night. I have brought it up where or like if he doesn't show an exclamation point or like an expression if I send a hot pick and I'm like you seem underwhelmed and then he's like no I'm just like on the plane and other people are looking at my computer or whatever like I had to respond quick you know I'll I'll make little snippy comments and be sarcastic about it or like he didn't text me goodnight last night and I was like a little just a little salty about not getting a goodnight text and then I was like just kidding not salty but I would like if you sprinkled that in there with a kissy face and he took it so well and just like immediately responsive and open and like sorry I didn't FaceTime you either I passed out blah 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 like I will next time ready to change ready to implement and it's not that I'm trying to change him it's just that I'm speaking my needs in the smallest of ways so that these resentments don't build up over time and yes the fear comes up for me that's like, oh God, am I gonna, is he gonna be like, this is too much for me? I even joke to my roommate, I'm like, oh God, he has no idea what he's signing up for. But it's like, no, the things that we want, the things that we need, the things that make us feel good are not too much to ask for. And like, we have a right to ask for them. And if that ends up pushing the guy that we're talking to or the person that we're in some sort of intimate interaction with away, then like, that's not your person. And we don't need to grasp onto that. There is an abundance of humans out here so why are we holding on to this one guy when we've learned time after time after our past relationships a new guy that we end up feeling for or sorry I'm saying guy this is so hetero and stereotypical moral of the story there's a lot of fish in the sea and so saying or expressing your needs or saying the things that bother you whether it's over text in person whatever it is It's not going to make or break it for the right relationship. And I don't like to say right or wrong, but like for the relationship that's meant for you at this time, right? Next one, sexual intimacy. So the first weekend that we hooked up, obviously it was like lighthearted and fun and flirty and no expectations because we really didn't know. Like it was all unpredictable and unknown. But I've noticed now over these last couple weeks when we have been intimate again, I've gotten more in my head, which bothers me because I want to be present and I want to enjoy the moment. But I think there's just so much pressure that we put on ourselves in both parties of like orgasming and coming and like making the other person feel good and knowing exactly what they like when we have no fucking clue, really. Like, I feel like I still have no idea what I'm doing when I'm sucking a dick, even though (laughs) I probably do. It's just like... I I check in and make sure like does this feel good or like giving a hand job I feel like an idiot sometimes <laughs> like this could be not feeling good at all and I think I'm like crushing it <laughs> but anyways so we need to communicate on that level too and I had reached out to one of my 
best friends that gives me the best advice Abby I love you so much not only advice but like holds the most amazing safe open emotionally intelligent space for me so I went on a rant over a voice memo to her and I was like help I'm starting to get in my head the last couple times that we did shit he didn't make me orgasm like I'm starting to get is this a red flag like is he just only trying to get his and doesn't care about me getting mine blah 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 And she was like, okay, Vanessa, first of all, there are a lot of thoughts going on in a short amount of time. You've only known this guy for a couple weeks. First of all, take a breath. And I'm like, okay, you're right. And then she goes into saying, first of all, I don't even know if I want to be in a relationship. So my default is to assess whatever guy I'm talking to and ask myself, is this dating material? Is this a red flag? Is this a green flag? Blah, 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 blah. Like I get into this analytical mode of whether or not like we're compatible and they're like up to par for my standards or qualifications for who I want to be with. And she's like, this is just like a fun, flirty, whatever this is. You don't even know if you want to be in a relationship with him. And I know this is probably not what you want to hear. And I know this because this is not what I wanted to hear. But in the first couple weeks of talking to someone, you do not know them yet. You're still getting to know him. And she said, I didn't want to hear that, nor did I believe it when someone told me that the first couple weeks that I was dating my boyfriend. And then two months down the line, I saw other sides of him and I was like, damn, these bitches were right. Like I did not know him, nor do I know this guy that I'm talking to. Do I I feel like we've built stronger feelings for each other and we're getting to know each other more and we've had really open conversations and kind of like expedited or catalyzed the getting to know each other process just because we had that whole weekend together and we've spent a lot of time since we've both been home. It's still like time has a huge factor to play in all this. So it's important to know that I've only seen a couple sides of him and I'm going to see some other sides and he's going to see some other sides of me that we might not like, but it also was a mirror for ourselves to be able to love all the sides of ourselves, even the sides that we don't like. And that can help us have more compassion and understanding and pause and hold space for the sides of our partner or that person we're getting to know better when they come up. I was listening to a podcast called The Evolving Man and it's, I think her name's Shaylana or something. She writes the book Becoming the One and she's the rising woman on Instagram and her and her husband have this beautifully conscious relationship. She talks about how when our partners or our roommates or our friends or our family members show up in a way that we know they are reacting or they're emotionally triggered, we can hold space for them by asking is this the version of yourself that you want to show up as? I can't remember exactly the language that she said, but I've noticed when other people have reacted to me and I'm not necessarily in that same reactive space, I will still react by saying like, I don't tolerate this and this is emotionally immature and like labeling all these things when I could have been like, okay, I can clearly see that you're in a triggered space triggered space right now or you are not yourself at this moment your emotions are heightened I'm gonna give you some space until you choose to show up in a way that feels better for you 
I can't even imagine doing that for someone else and I can't even imagine someone doing that for me. I would probably just start crying or if someone asked me like, is there something else that's truly going on here? Imagine if you had that space held for you or you held that for someone else. Like what could come out of that? So much growth, so much more depth. And so I think it's important for ourselves as we learn those versions of us first and foremost of who we are and see all those sides of ourselves um, which I've gotten to see a lot more of since I've gotten sober because I'm not hiding under the mask of any sort of influence or substance but as I get to know these sides of my roommates my partners my friends my family I hope that I can up level that interaction next time that I experience that and have a second to decide something different instead of reacting. I can choose to breathe into it and learn something more about them instead of reacting and being like, no, I'm not handling this. Like, yes, that was an up level from meeting them where they are and just escalating and bitching back and forth. So I think the first level is like yelling, meeting their energy, getting triggered to like, ah, just a whole freaking brawl. Next level is like reacting, but being like, in a boundary setting way like no I do not tolerate this keeping your voice a little bit more neutral I feel like I've gotten to that space but the next level is like can I have compassion for them when they're showing up in this triggered reactive way can I somehow break through that and feel love for them and exude that back because if they feel safe enough to show that side of themselves and know that I'm not going to react like wow what depth and intimacy that you could have in a relationship with anyone and more more so that with anyone, it's showing how much intimacy and vulnerability and allowance and acceptance that you have for yourself. So that's, I don't even know how I got into this, but um, just learning the different sides of your person as you get to know them more is really important. The other thing that my friend said when she was voice memoing me was like, you have power over your own pleasure and orgasm if someone's not getting you off like that's not really in their hands yes it's fun but she's like I'm not surprised that it's taking you longer to orgasm when first of all you just had a UTI your body's out of balance you're in your head you're you're assessing all these things you're overthinking and he's probably not like quick to go down there too because he might be respecting your space he might be like not sure of what the status is down there all those kinds of things so you never really know what is going on on either side like I don't really know what's going on going on inside my own head that I need to unpack that second of all I don't really know what narrative or story is going on inside their head or what they might be choosing an action from they might do something that's really offensive to me but then if you ask them about it they'll explain their side of things and you'll be like oh now I see it like I can stop making up shit in my head so that's been really important to be able to bring those things up and um, going back to last week's story the whole when I got in my head about if my vagina was like tasting whack because I had a UTI even though I knew it didn't smell and I just like bit the bullet and brought it up even though it was the most cringy embarrassing thing ever and he was like validated that it was nothing at all and it was just nice to like let that narrative go and get that validation from outside of my own head instead of trying to break it all down and and neutralize it with myself. That is a few different things that I've I've noticed that's come up already in two fucking weeks. Imagine what else is going to come up if we keep talking. <laughs> 
Um, he's also just been so good about FaceTiming me while he's been been out of town. We talk every day, but it's not like an all day, every day, like obsessive texting. We run out of things to say. We're just like going about our lives, doing things here and there, checking in periodically, sending each other good energy. He keeps me posted with what he's up to and I do too. And what I've realized is that my desires in a relationship are not too much. Obviously, I need to check myself with the whole like, overthinking about the orgasm and is he being selfish is this a red flag blah 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 like that gets into a little bit high maintenance too much and it's good to have people in our lives that we trust and are embodying and living a life and a way of being that we aspire to be like because we can check in with those people and they can bring us back to center back to down to earth and be like okay that's a little too much and no your needs are not too much type of a thing overall what I've noticed is that I've settled for breadcrumbs for so long in the past that the way that I'm being treated right now is honestly mind-boggling to me I think I've been treated so vastly different and I have these two archetypes of men in my head it's either the jock, the hockey player that's emotionally immature, um, unavailable, hard to get, gamey, controlling, jealous, but like also couldn't give a shit less about me ends up ghosting me that archetype or the guy that I'm not super physically attracted to feel a really deep soul connection with more feminine energy and they would literally kiss the ground I've walked on I've dated both of these archetypes and so I have this in my head that it's black or white and this is the first guy that I have felt in the gray with he is so open-hearted and has like this balance of masculine and feminine energy where I don't feel like I want to freeze or I want to cling or I want to run away. I just feel safe being me and I feel like he feels safe being him and he's not like kissing the ground I walk on which is so nice because when I get put on a pedestal or when I feel like a guy is so obsessed with me that they want to lock me down or wife me or have my kids or like I could do no wrong that makes me want to run and this feels really healthy like a really healthy balance so far and we already say like I love you just because as like friends and as souls seeing each other for the light that we are it's like I love you like it feels like a soulmate bond you know just like yes my soul knows your soul and we already are like I fucking love you but I've made it clear to him too that I don't feel like I'm falling in love with him I don't feel like I'm obsessed or I'm in love with him obviously there's some giddiness there and I think he's super hot and whatever but I've said that like I don't feel like I'm falling in love with you yet and that feels really healthy for me because normally the first date I'm like holy fuck I'm in love with this guy so it's like this slow burn but also a quick connection at the same time it's really hard to explain the dynamic but it's really nice and the last thing I want to address before I go into the love languages is that he calls me out for the shit that I usually observe in other people especially the guys that I'm dating. He shows me my blind spots and is helping me grow too. One of the things that blew my awareness wide fucking open was he called me out for making jokes to hide my discomfort or it's like my defense mechanism. So in times when we're in conversation and I end up spinning it 
into sarcasm or some sort of joke like we were laying in bed and he was like why are you laughing and I was like I don't know like I just like to keep things light and he was like huh like that must be some sort of defense mechanism or something and I was like holy fuck how did I not notice that oh my god and so I've been more aware of the tendency to do that and I still do it but I'm just aware of it sometimes it's okay but my mom always taught me that sarcasm doesn't really look good on you and sarcasm is from like a defense mechanism protective kind of like mean place a lot of the time or a way to like avoid discomfort so I want to check in on that because I think we can have genuine lightness and laughter but there's a time and a place for it and there's also a time and a place for like holding genuine kind space and like that sarcastic making jokes to be less uncomfortable isn't like the version isn't the highest version of myself that I want to embody so thank you if you ever listen to this thank you for illuminating that to me I know you know I'm already grateful for it but yeah so that's all a lot of what I'm learning in um this two-week engagement that I've had (laughs) with this man's I want to dive into the love languages so if you've never heard of what the love languages are before the five are words of affirmation physical touch quality time acts of service and receiving gifts I think my top two, based on the quiz that I've taken before, which it's kind of a long quiz, are words of affirmation and quality time. I also think physical touch is up there, but I personally, like I said, I think above all else, communication is like the universal love language, and I personally feel like I have all of the love languages or that I require all of them but what this conversation does whether you talk about the love languages with your partner and which ones you feel are most important to you or whether you take the attachment style type of a thing or like a Myers-Briggs test whatever tells us more about our personality even I know with guys in the past I've um, added them on CoStar and we see our compatibility and just get to read more about their chart and it might not be a hundred percent accurate but it helps us get to know more about these people that we're engaging with what it really helps is number one allows us to express our needs and it also promotes selflessness when we're committed to learning someone else's love language or how they are it's helping us focus away from ourselves that really aids in personal growth being able to love a partner in a way that isn't our go-to can cause us a lot of discomfort at first. It forces us to grow and change and look outside of ourselves. Really, it's being able to say that I love you and I care for you in ways that make sense to your partner. And this really applies to anyone. It could be friends, it could be coworkers, it could be family. Your love language can also change situationally and this might be why I feel like I'm all of them. So if I had a really hard day at work, I might need physical touch. I might need a snuggle. I might need a hug versus a gift type of a thing or vice versa. You never you never know. At the end of the day, people aren't mind readers. We need to express what we think, how we feel. Same thing with like not getting a good night text or feeling like I haven't been prioritized because I haven't orgasmed the last two times we hooked up. Like we need to say those things. They can't read our minds. We're all focused on ourselves a lot of the times. Like we're in our own heads. We don't know. We're not even thinking about what other people are thinking or how they're feeling about 
about themselves a lot of the time. We're thinking about how we're feeling. We're stuck in our own head. So it's really important to be able to express these things. But what it really shows is that we know ourselves well enough. We know how we need to be loved. And I think when we know how we want to be loved, we can give that to ourselves. Then how we show up in that way. Okay, so if I'm loving myself in all these different ways and this partner is seeing that I show love to myself by giving myself quality time in my routines. I go to yoga a lot. I meditate a lot. I journal. They see how well I take care of myself. They're going to want to add to that, right? Partners respond to positive feedback a lot more than negative feedback. So rather than saying, you don't do this, we can spin it and say, I really loved when you do this. Could you do this more? Or however you want to spin it. But like, appraising them and affirming them for the things that they have done before makes people want to do more of that versus reprimanding them or punishing them for what they don't do. And so if let's say my love language is quality time after this night that me and this guy had the other night, he was in between travels and was home for a night and made time for me. I cooked him a dinner. I went to the fucking Asian market and like got all of this authentic ingredients. Thank you, Anjali, for teaching me how to cook. She literally has like taught me everything I know besides my mom. Um, I was FaceTiming her every five minutes to know what to cook and how to do it. And should I flip it now or should I turn it off high or turn it up? And is the sauce going to thicken? I made this Thai curry for him. And it showed that like, honestly, I have never cooked for a guy. Number one, because I got good at cooking in the last year. But like, I've just never felt the desire to like show someone love in that way. And it felt really good to like give someone that instead of always expecting to receive. Like it was so nice to like show something and not be afraid of being rejected or like not not having it be fully appreciated. I was just like, fuck it. Like I want to do this thing. And he was so appreciative of it and felt like undeserving of it almost. And I'm like, he's like, you did not have to do that. And I'm like, just receive it. Like, I wanted to do this. And in return, he was so present with me. And we had such beautiful conversations. And whenever we snuggle, we call it the pocket. Like, when he snuggles up into my chest and we just, like, our crevices fit together, we call it the pocket or the nest. So we're, like, finding pockets in every corner of his house in his fucking love beanbag love seat thing in his hammock on his deck like we're just pocketing everywhere and having these really beautiful conversations and after one something that he said I just like look up to the sky and I my jaw is open or like my mouth is open and I'm like what the fuck? Like, I am amazed at your ability to have these high-level conversations. Like, it is so refreshing. And that quality time, that connection filled my cup and my heart up so much that I felt more security in our relationship. I felt like I'm I'm okay and ready for him to leave again because I felt so full and so seen and understood and heard and like he was there and not only just like physically spent time together but like we weren't on our phones we were actively like equally responding and engaging we had moments of silence it was just like 
everything that we both needed and when you are around someone that recharges your soul like that's when you fucking know this is helping you grow in a very positive way sometimes we grow in negative ways too um and that can even bring more light in the long run like when we go through hard shit or when we have tumultuous relationships but it's really refreshing when someone comes into your life and just makes you feel recharged from spending time together instead of drained and I I thanked him for that I was like I feel so full and like thank you for that quality time and if he ever wasn't giving me that again or I feel like something had changed I could bring up like I loved that night when we were just like sitting under the stars and had all these beautiful conversations and quality time is so important to me like how do you think that we can create more of that or like do you feel like you have the space to create more of that and I'm sure he would if if it was lacking he definitely would or the other day I was like like when you get home like one of these weekends we should go camping just us two and have a night and I know that would be the most magical little date night ever is just like being out in nature with him making a fire sleeping together under the stars just like having deep conversations that is like a fucking high to me that is so filling and I feel that same way the beautiful thing is is that I don't only get this feeling from our interactions I get the same feeling with the women in my life some of them are from AA some of them are in recovery some of them aren't that I've just met along the way who are in Angels Anonymous Sarah Abby Anj all of the raw dogs you all fill my cup up so fucking much the raw dogs is my sober group of friends in Minnesota but yeah it's just like I feel so surrounded by love and cup fillers that I'm not putting all of my pressure and all of my needs for love or for my cup to be filled in this one person. And because I'm coming from a whole and a pretty full place, like I feel like him and I are both able to add to each other's cups and like pour into each other's because our cups are already full. So it's like this exchange of equal energy almost in times where he's feeling more exhausted and he can't give as much. I can give more. I give him a little yoga massage or extra love and I'm willing to like reciprocate or show more and then other times when I'm not feeling as well like hopefully he can do that back for me and I know he would so it's just really nice even though we haven't had this conversation I'm literally texting him right now like what's your love language because I need to know but we don't even know but it's like our communication is so open that we I think we show each other love languages in almost all of the ways. Like we're just very thoughtful of the other person, but also thoughtful for ourselves and prioritizing ourselves and our own passions. And that's like one of the things I love the most about our dynamic is he acknowledges the beauty and what I'm doing and how I show up on social media and all the things and passions that I have. And he has similar passions, a passion for life in a similar way, but completely different hobbies and things that he loves to do. And we have a lot of things in common so god if you listen to this episode mans i just hyped you the fuck up this whole time you stole the show let's dive into what the love languages are so the first one i said was words of affirmation and words of affirmation is about expressing affection through spoken words praise or appreciation when this is someone's primary love language they enjoy kind words and encouragement as well as uplifting quotes love notes and cute text messages you can make this person's day by complimenting them or pointing out what they do well 
The next one is physical touch. A person with physical touch as their primary love language feels loved through physical affection. Aside from sex, they feel loved when their partner holds their hand. Oh, totally me. Touches their arm or gives them a massage at the end of the day, for example. This person's idea of a perfect date night might include cuddling on the couch with a glass of, it says wine, but let's say kombucha, and a good movie. They simply want to be close to their partner physically. Quality time. Someone with this love language wants undivided attention. They feel loved if you are present and focused on them when you are together. This means putting down the cell phone, turning off the tablet, making eye contact, and actively listening. People with this love language are looking for quality over quantity, 100%, aka quality time. Acts of service. For acts of service, a person feels loved and appreciated when someone does nice things for them, such as helping with the dishes, running errands, vacuuming, putting gas in the car. That's how my dad shows love. (laughs) They love when people do little things for them and often can be found doing these acts of service for others. So I think my dad's love language is acts of service, but he also likes words of affirmation when I write him little cards for his birthday or Father's Day or whatever. Last one, receiving gifts. Gift giving is symbolic of love and affection for someone with this love language, um, Serena, my sister, they treasure not only the gift itself, but also the time and effort the gift giver put into it. People with receiving gifts as their primary love language do not necessarily expect larger expensive gifts, except for Serena. (laughs) It's more what is behind the gift that appeals to them. When you take the time to pick out a gift specifically for them, it tells them that you really know them. People with this cheese. People with this love language can often remember every little gift they have received from their loved ones because it makes such an impact on them. How you can identify your love language without taking the quiz. If you are in a relationship or when you are, do you feel more loved when your partner tells you I love you or praises something you did? That's option one. Two, surprises you with a meaningful gift. Three, plans a trip for just the two of you. Four, runs the errands or does the laundry. Five, holds your hand while walking. If you answer these questions, it could give you a hint as to what your love language might be. Um, You could also recall what sorts of things you ask for in a relationship or consider how you express your love to your partner. That's a good telltale is like how you like to show love might be your love language or how you like to receive love. So that's where it's really important to have these conversations and where I think this whole theory of love languages has revolutionized relationships and helped a lot of relationships heal because You could have gone your whole life through a marriage showing your partner the love language that you want to receive. And this whole time, like you're giving them physical touch when they just want an act of service, but you don't love giving acts of service. So that's helping you be more selfless. That's helping you get uncomfortable and grow as a person because you're thinking of them and you're doing things other than for yourself and when you give love you end up attracting it back like love is not this scarce source of something like it is infinitely abundant and all around us the way that air is you know we never wonder where our next breath is going to come from so why do we get so insecure and scarce and fear-based when it comes to love love is not fear but these love languages really benefit relationships because we all express and receive love very differently and even though there's these five like archetypes of love languages just under 
understanding these differences and subtleties can have a serious impact on our relationship. This is really one of the simplest ways to improve our relationships, not only with a significant other, right? Like this whole podcast could be about a roommate or a best friend or a family member too. I think in general too, it creates more empathy. It increases our emotional intelligence. We learn how to put someone else's needs above our own, even though our needs matter too. Like, right, we have to um, fill our cup up first. It's really important to have open conversations. I think the moral of the story is how to learn to love ourselves, how to teach people to learn to love us, and how we can learn to love other people. I love that idea or this topic tied in with the love languages because it's such a like thrown around conversation and topic, but you can dive so much deeper into it. Get into like the subtleties of why why your partner, why your friend, or why whoever you're talking to on the receiving end of this conversation likes what they do and what specifically and how you can do more of that. And the biggest point that I took away from hearing myself talk this last hour was the whole positive encouragement versus negatively bringing up what you want them to do more of. I think that ends up creating the opposite reaction of what we want. It pushes people away when we bring up the negative of like, why did you do this? When we're just trying to express like what we do want, but when we focus on what we want more than what we don't want, that's what we create. The whole like law of attraction manifestation thing is the universe doesn't understand negative words. It doesn't understand the word don't. So if I say I don't want XYZ, I don't like it when you do this, that, or the other thing, The universe hears, I blank like it when you do this, this, and this, because that's what I'm speaking to. That's what I'm focusing on. Does that make sense? So when I am bringing up negative things, that's what I'm focusing on. That's what I'm projecting. That's the energy that I'm putting out. So then I'm asking for it back because the universe doesn't understand the words don't or not or whatever. So how can you get creative to spin, whether it's the way that you're talking to yourself, what you're talking about to a partner, to a friend, whatever it is, how can you start to shift your language? And this will not only affect your relationships positively and allow you to receive more love and give more love, it will change the way that you attract really anything and everything um, and just help you be a lot more conscious overall as a person. I hope that you like this episode. This was really fun to talk about. Wow, I really liked it. Thank you, Sarah, for the recommendation of this topic. Sarah is someone who has shown up to every single virtual hangout that we've ever had. She also covered for me when I took a month off social media and we met over Instagram. Some of my best friends I've met through Instagram and never met in real life and that's really fucking cool. That is the beauty. That is the light in social media. So if you want to join us and our little wise, emotionally intelligent minds over on um, Sunday nights. That's what we do is virtually hang out. It's for free for right now. That might be changing in the future as I, you know, evolve and grow my business uh, financially. But for now, you can just sign up in the Google Forms linked in my bio. It's really easy, like a four question questionnaire just to 
figure out what your intentions are. Are you sober, sober, curious? What are you hoping to get out of the group? Where, how did you find me type of a thing? And um, you just sign up and then I'll send you the link in an email. And we just talk about usually the topic from the week. We have some guided conversation. I'll come up with some questions and then you're free to listen or share. And sometimes it's a really small, tight-knit group with three, four women. Sometimes it's big. It just kind of depends on people's availability. But we meet on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So calculate that for your time zone. And it's just a beautiful way to increase that support that I'm talking about. Like the way that I feel love in my life is not only with an intimate partner. It's in the virtual hangout with all my little angels. It's with all of the women that I've met and built a relationship with since I got sober too. And the people in my life that I've strengthened relationships with since I got sober. I feel like I was really disconnected from people before I got sober. And it's just really a blessing to have the virtual hangout group that I've started because you don't have to be sober, you don't have to be in recovery, you don't have to be in therapy, but it offers the same type of environment that I didn't know people had access to until I got sober. So that's why I created it. It's a safe space to be vulnerable, to help um, heal, release, grow, be authentic, learn a lot from other people and their shares and just feel like you're not alone on your journey. So I hope to see you there. Otherwise, give this a little five-star review if you liked it on Spotify and share it with a friend, share it with someone that you love. And I will see you next week. Bye, angels. Bye.